Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast episode sixty something here with my buddy Dana Pace. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man, been a little while. It has. You haven't been in the studio. I don't know. Lots probably changed. More animals here now. I think it's been a year to the day. Pretty close. Is it really? Yeah, it's pretty close. Anytime shed season gets near, we start thinking about you again. <laughs> we use you. <laughs> so what's new, man? Good season. You got a big buck on the table, which we'll pull it into the frame here in a little bit, but. You've been after it. Yeah, working hard. My biggest regret of the year is I suck as a guide. Oh. Yeah, I, can, <laughs> I can't get my kids on deer, and I can't get my dad on a deer. That's all right, it's though. It's been rough. Hard hunting makes for better hunters. It does, it does. In the long run, just, you know, as yep. long as your kids don't take it too personally. No, they don't. They just, they do get kind of jealous if I'm the one that shoots all the deer, though. Hey, watch and learn, <laughs> kids. I just have them to drag now. That's not, you know, kids are basically slaves. They are. So have That's more. The way I'd prefer it. <laughs> right. That's what I'm looking forward to. I got two deer draggers coming up here. <laughs> but man, Save you that hernia. Yeah, I'm, I'll always have them. I don't want to ever learn. So we got Dana's son, Cam, in here, and he's going to be our Jamie here at the end of the podcast. He's got four. You got four hot topics. Yep. He's got four hot topics on his phone. At the end, we're going to pick a number one through four, but we'll have to both pick the same number. And then he's going to give us whatever hot, debatable topic that is, and then we're going to talk about it. We're kind of switching it up. So this will be fun here. Will be. But let's talk about this deer first. I want to talk, get caught up on your season. I want to talk a little bit of shed hunting, even though we've done – you have a library of shed episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> say I'm, I'm, so what else is there more to say about sheds? There's you know? not a whole lot. Just get out there and walk. I mean – I've been trying to – I've been talking to our merch manager, Eric, about getting a – 
revise effing squirrel patch shirt. Bring it back. So I have an idea. I have a really good idea that I'll fill you in after the podcast. Yeah, let's talk about it. To bring it back. Because that, that deserves to be a shirt. Again. I, uh, I've i still got a brand new one sitting in the, the closet at home that I haven't even put really? on yet. Really? Yeah. Well, the I new one I have in mind is like going to be classy. I like classy. Classy but aggressive. Yep. So we'll that talk. Sounds, we'll sounds talk. good. So let's talk about this buck, man. Yeah. Uh, we you know, had a... Uh, grab that sucker, actually. I, we should have had it in frame the whole time, but you're not, that mic's off, so don't worry about... Big old sucker. There you go. Yeah, he's in frame. Yep, I shot this guy November 5th, I believe, the day after Cam's birthday. Normally, I like to hunt as much as I can on Cam's birthday because... So I've you don't have to spend time with him? That too. <laughs> Usually I have pretty good luck that day. Yeah. But uh, that morning... The 5th? November 5th? Yep, November 5th. Right in the heat of it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think I've killed two or three deer on the 4th that are damn good deer, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so as far as the season, uh, we've had a, we had a couple bucks that we were trying to chase this year. Uh the crop wasn't really great. I mean, mm -hmm. we have one buck that we call the birthday buck that uh, my daughter named because she found his first shed on her birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, three years ago. And uh, we had him on camera a lot. We had this eight-pointer a lot. And then um, that was really it as far as decent deer to hunt. Yeah, did you see? Like, I felt like there was a... Areas I hunted like a lack of mature deer in a lot yeah, of areas. Yeah, it was. I had a, I had a lot of young deer. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, more than I can count as far as young deer go, which is good for the next for sure couple years. But I don't know what happened to like the main group of mature deer that I hunted because they just just disappeared. And and you well, shed hunt enough too. Like if they were to die, you you'd know yeah, about they, it. Yeah, they didn't die on me. That's for sure. But. Uh, you know, neighbors kill them. We're not next to any major, major highways, so I mm -hmm. don't have to worry about that. But, uh, yeah, just not a couple of the deer disappeared that we were really, really, really wanting to see this year. Mm -hmm. And then some of them would show up for a couple of days and then they would. Do you, do you feel like, you know, the mature, like the majority of your deer because you shed hunt so much and then add in the trail cam factor? Yeah, I would say that. You know, basically, it's on an intimate level with them because you mm -hmm. just you run so many cameras, and most of the cameras that I run now are cell cams. So yeah, you know, you just you wake up in the morning, and that's the first thing you see every morning. Is, For sure, yeah, you're checking it. Yeah, but like, do you feel like your shed hunting skill and time and energy you put into shed hunting? Do you think it gives you a, a more knowledgeable edge on knowing your deer herd? For like, because oh, I, yeah. I try, right? But it's like. There's always deer that pop up that I'm like, ah, I have no idea who yeah, that is. Yeah, some, uh, I just had a deer pop up a couple weeks ago that I literally have no sheds, no pictures of, and I mean, this deer's pretty good deer, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't I don't know what deer it is, but it's winter, and they're moving to get food and everything, but right, yeah, I don't, or maybe there's one one last receptive doe that brings him in, but mm -hmm. he came in for a week or so, and then I haven't gotten any more pictures of him hmm. for well, a then, while. Sorry, I'm kind of stuck on the shed thing. Like, just 
organically and <laughs> you yeah. tell me about your season. I'm interested in this. <laughs> How, what percentage of deer, like if you find their shed, their sheds, you know, in February, March, whatever, what percentage of them are you seeing during hunting season, the uh, following the year following or that year, same year, whatever? Usually, I would say a better part in 80 or 90 percent of them. You, I, on all the places you've ever shed hunted, is it kind of uh, like that? Or is it just like certain farms have food that... I, the smaller farms that I hunt, the bigger farms that have like more diversity as far as timber and yeah. CRP and stuff where they could spread out a little bit more. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that I hunt are like basically the ends of ditches and stuff like that. You know, right, right. If, if you look at it on a map, I'm like the last piece of timber before they go out into wide open country. I got you. So... You know that on those properties, I do feel like I get to know the deer a little bit better because they don't they don't disperse as much during the winter. Yeah, during, yeah, uh, that's falling off. Velvet season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this this deer is one of them. I don't have any sheds of this deer at all. No kidding. Yeah, I I went back through sheds and I went back through trail camera pictures and even with like super recognizable like characteristics on a the, book like that. The characteristics are pretty normal for the area i think yeah. tall brows uh i got a lot of deer that have really tall brows but like i i don't feel like i have a picture of this deer at all really yep now the like the birthday buck we have you know tons of history with thousands of trail cam pictures three years worth of sheds off of him mm -hmm. uh there was another buck that we called domino and his tines kind of folded in on each other and he was a four and a half this year but he got shot by a neighbor and uh but i found his shed last year and the year before mm -hmm. and the neighbor's not you know it's maybe way the crow flies six seven hundred yards maybe a quarter mile away mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's they they tend to stay in that same spot pretty close yeah, yeah. you just wonder you know like Every time I shed hunting, I shed hunting, I find one. I just wonder. I don't know. It's just different. Once you hold a shed, it's almost like you, it's more intimate. Like you want to know what the deer did. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and like that's why I run so many trail cameras on like one single little piece of property because then you get to learn how they live, how mm -hmm. they move through the property, what brings them in, what pushes them away. Yeah. You know, is it human intrusion or is it predators? Is it. Right food i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to tell what pushes the deer away but you know i try to i try to stay out of the the meat of the property as much as i can so mm -hmm. that i'm not putting my scent in there but right and that like the uh, for the birthday buck i had seen him i don't know on four four consecutive hunts and i moved closer and closer each time and then finally i got close enough and i think i bumped him out oh and getting aggressive yeah I was which trying. is an okay way like it if you're is, dialing in it's a bummer it's a bummer and then he finally made his way back we, we thought he was dead we thought he was killed during gun season and then shortly after the second gun season uh he showed back up and he's so you think it's just from since. one bump i think it, i don't i'm just I, curious i, I kind of got on aggressive it, on on an uh on a bedding area mm -hmm. and i was literally i 
I was in the tree when I bumped him. Like, oh really? Yeah, I was just climbing onto the platform, and just I just got a little loud or it, something. Or I think it was I was only like sixty yards from him from when I bumped him. So mm. I think that I just man, if only I would have got in there clean, that deer would have been dead. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I wonder. It makes you know that's a something that comes up in conversation. It's like what. What's a buck like that going to let you get away with? Yeah. I mean, the I think the three times prior to that, I was within 80 yards of that deer. Mm-hmm. But the, the day before, I called at him, and he kind of got like, I don't know, he wasn't real interested in it at all, and he yeah. kind of just worked off the opposite direction. And then I tried to get aggressive the next day, and I think he just knew that I was on him. Mm, I mean, I mean, it's I, the the days prior to that, I did not call to him, but I felt like he was getting ready to he was getting ready to hit my wind. Mm-hmm. I was kind of playing it risky, hunting a whiskey wind, mm-hmm. a quartering wind, and I think that I called at him because I just didn't want him to hit that wind. Maybe get him to turn around. Yeah. And he just kept going, and I think that he knew. He caught you downwind, yeah. like where you didn't know he got you downwind or yep. something. Yeah, when he <laughs> got out of sight, I think he got my wind, and then the next day I tried to creep in there on him. And Yeah, but I don't think you did. I mean, a lot of that is like stuff you kind of have to do, and it's just that sometimes it, they just get you. It is. I mean, it was getting close to, you know, where they were starting to – this was the end of October, so – yeah. Bucks were getting on the move a little bit more. I mean, it could have been him moving off just to find does, but he had plenty of does where he was. And mm-hmm. and honestly, what actually this deer ended up, he ended up going up to bed in the same spot where I had jumped the birthday buck or bumped him. Yeah. And uh, that's why I knew he was going to be in there again. Yeah. But anyways, uh, as far as this buck goes... Uh, I think November 5th, we, it was pouring down rain mm-hmm. on the morning of November 5th. And uh, we had a a storm that was, it had been storming all night, but we thought we were going to have a break. And I was hunting a buddy with, my, with a buddy of mine, Brock. And uh, at like eight o'clock, we, I looked at the radar and it was getting dark to the south. And I was like, man, if we're going to get out of here <laughs> without getting struck by lightning we're gonna have to get out of here now yeah yeah and he's like let's go i'll meet you at the tree and uh i have kind of a where he was hunting over in a ditch that uh was basically we got two spots to be able to hit a north south ditch that Mm -hmm. we hunt on and the ditch runs uh, probably a quarter mile out into the field, mm-hmm. but all the deer bedding up in that north, that north south running ditch, mm-hmm. and uh, just was, a waterway. Is that what you're calling a ditch? Kind of. No, it, it's actually it's it's a creek, but it's got a steep woody hillside on it. Yep. And uh, it over the deer bed on that hillside overlooking CRP, so they can see anything coming from mm-hmm. wherever. And he was trying to cut off the other side block them before they get into that ditch Mm -hmm. and i've got like a makeshift water hole that i sprayed uh or i sprinkled i think it's called benzonite it's like a clay powder that you 
spread on the bottom mm-hmm. of like ponds and stuff. And it makes like a, a layer, like a liner, like a a water liner, and it help, helps keep water in. Oh, really? Yeah, like water holes and stuff like that. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. And, like keeps it from drying up or something? Yeah, it, it, it'll help keep the water in there longer. I mean, it's going to drain out eventually, but. Interesting, okay. I got like a natural drainage, like a runoff, where it, the water pulls up naturally anyways. So mm-hmm. I just sprayed or sprinkled that stuff in there to kind of help keep the water a little longer. And I got a camera over that. Well, on our way out, we got back to the truck. And I, as soon as we got back to the truck, I got a picture. Mm-hmm. And it was a little like eight point deer. And uh, I ended up going to town to watch my youngest daughter bowl. She bowls every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, at like 11 o'clock, I got a picture of this eight pointer going past the water hole up into that ditch Mm -hmm. and uh i was like well he's only got two ways to get out of there so i'm gonna sneak back in so you left bowling you're saying nope okay bowling was just getting over (laughs) just getting over by the time uh i got that picture and he was either heading up in there to check for does or he's heading up in there to bed and i knew that that other buck had been bedding in there pretty Mm -hmm. solidly so that's a fun scenario it is and I, I I was betting on him going to bed, mm-hmm. and uh, he would have to get by me. There's a a pretty well known bedding area, and it's mostly does that I see going in and out of this bedding area to the south of me. And uh, so basically, I positioned myself between him and the does. So mm-hmm. if he he would have to come back through, so that I or or he would basically go out into the field and feed and i was betting on him coming to look for does because it was november 5th right of course yeah and uh i got up in the stand at like so did you you hung a stand for him i already had a stand in there i got you okay and uh otherwise i would have took my novix in and made a move made a move but uh i got in the stand at like one o'clock i mean i rushed home got all my stuff got in the stand and uh i didn't have any movement Guns going off everywhere. I mean, it was like the 4th of July and everyone is preparing for war because it was so warm out. Yeah, everyone's out. Everyone's target out shooting. target shooting. I mean, it was... Get, letting all the deer know, warning yeah, shots. Yeah, it was, it was pushing them all my way. And <laughs> Probably. Uh, probably. <laughs> good, good chance anyway. Yeah. But uh, it was... The sun had just went down over the horizon and I stood up got situated got my bow ready because i knew if it was going to happen it was going to happen here pretty quick yeah and i grabbed my grunt call and i pointed my grunt call at the bedding area at the at where i thought the does were bedding yeah and i grunted three deep soft grunts and i put the the call up and i had just grabbed my bow and i heard branches cracking behind me such an amazing feeling. I was like, I knew what it, I knew it was him. I knew he yeah. was coming up to check out what was going on. And uh, he busted up out of the bottom, came to, it would be his downwind side of me. He was directly downwind to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he was only at like 10 yards. So I think my scent was just blowing over the top of him. Yeah. Because yeah. he was down lower than, I was on the, like a crest of a hill mm-hmm. and he was down below the hill a little bit. Yeah. 
Just skirting over him. Yeah, just just over the top of him. But as I was turning back around, he made eye contact with me, and he was staring right through me. So you get that. You're like, you got your eyes no, squinted, no. Yeah, and you're yeah. like looking through like little slits in yeah. your eyelids. Like it matters. And I, I felt like Homer Simpson where he fucking melts in. Sorry. When he melts into the ivy, and uh, I'm like melting into the tree, like trying to get. I'm hiding behind <laughs> yeah, my yeah, bag. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's looking. Oh, I hate that feeling. Right up at me. Well, thankfully, I don't know if it was a hedge ball or something, but something cracked over to the south of me and it caught his attention. Well, he thought that that was. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. And he turned and started walking. It was meant to be. It was. And I drew my bow and I shot him. He was at 16 yards and that deer only ran 60 yards after that. Love it, dude. Double lunged him. It was great. That's great awesome. Feeling. The feeling of like calling or rattling or just like when you're expecting to hear something and then you hear it. Oh, it, there's no more like aha type feeling in hunting, you know? It was it was perfect. Like it couldn't have been set up any better. Dude, I just, I don't know. I'll never get tired of like, because I know that uh, that feeling and I'll never get sick of like the whitetail stories and whitetail, like that scenario. It's what we live for. I could have that every year and not hunt anything else and just be completely content. In the spot that I'm hunting, basically I'm in a corner and like it's 30 yards to my right and it's wide open country. Mm -hmm. And then 30 yards to my left, it's CRP. So it's money right there. Perfect pinch point. And I can, I can imagine the spot you're describing, you know, it's like the scenic value of it plays a big part in like feeling like it's going to happen. Yep. Like if, if it looks good, even like there's properties that don't look good, but are still good hunting. And there's property that looks really good and spots that look really good. That'll just, even as you see last year, they keep you sitting there. They they do. And like, this spot here, the only reason I put a stand there, I mean, eventually I would have put a stand there because it... it Scouting and learning. Yeah, and, but uh, the old person, the old guy that used to hunt the property had an old wooden stand in the corner. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, it had been there, I don't know, it looked like 20 plus years, but I was like, yeah. this just feels right, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was here for a reason, so... He put the effort into... Take wood for me. and lumber out there. Yeah, exactly. You always wonder, like, how good of a hunter was the guy who did that? But, you know, that's a lot of effort. It is. To take plywood and all that stuff out there. And, and to put them up in hedge trees. Right. I mean, we're not. It, it probably took five hours to even cut one shooting lane in those things. Yeah, that's a good point, too. There's something to that. You know, old timers, they knew what was going on. They do. Well, that's awesome, dude. That's a great story. Good buck, too. He's, he's freaking cool. Are you going to keep him as a Euro? Yeah, I'm Are not... You? I'm running out of room on the wall. Are you? Yeah. He looks good. I like Euros a lot, too. So do man, I. I like never just get tired pick it of shoulder mounts. Touch well, it all it. the time. Well, should we get into our controversial topic? Yeah, let's do it. Dude, he is cool, man. Those brows are sweet. Yeah, like he kind of, he does tip out. Yeah, he's just wide like a field goal. I like him. I don't know if he'll do, yeah, he does justice. I'm looking at the little viewfinder on our camera, and, uh, your pictures that you have of that buck are awesome, man. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, my daughter does all those. She's pretty good with the camera. Yeah. Yeah, she was in 
Well, it was here yeah, taking pictures for last, us. Last yeah. year, Taylor. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't remember if it was here or when the studio was at my house. All right, Cam, you got you picked four random controversial topics on your phone. Yep. And we're, we're going to just pick one through four. We don't know what these are for the record. So if Cam picked a bad topic, it's his fault. Yep, Cam Pace. But then look him up on... Technically, we picked it. Oh, yeah. So what are we picking? One, two, three, or four? I'm feeling three. Three is a good number. Okay, that was easy. Good three. even number. That was a good one. Uh, number three, fence line hunting etiquette. Fence line hunting <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> we were just talking about this. Okay, so fence line hunting etiquette is the topic. I've seen a lot of group debates and Facebook groups, of course, um, on this topic. Okay, so I assuming when people talk fence lines, if it's in a Facebook group, it's leaning on a neighbor being a D-bag and hunting on the line yeah. or doing things to ruin your hunt or doing things to kind of annoy the neighbor yeah. and things that are wrong or right, or, well, mostly wrong. I think the etiquette in a neighbor hunting a fence line, so assuming two neighbors hunting next to each other yeah. on adjacent properties – Etiquette's important. It is very important. Uh, I mean, as far as like hunting on the wrong winds, you know, have your your wind blowing into the neighbors just to to, yeah. to mess up his hunt. Or, well, there, let's break it down because there's a skill etiquette, and some is, people yep. just don't know any better, and that's a tough one. You know, like I, some I, of them don't know how to hunt wind, or know how to call, or know how to shoot okay. deer. There's a calling. There's a sh there's a uh, a hunting skill, calling probably lies under skill. There's an entry and exit. Yep. There's uh, deer management, depending on what area you're in, what you're trying to do, if you're trying to get everyone on the same program. Man, it's a multi-layered topic. <laughs> so issues that I've ran into, uh, neighbors hunting. So in the Midwest, there's a good chance you're going to be hunting property lines, anyways, because yep. a lot of the tracks are small. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to avoid. It is really hard to avoid, especially if you know one property's made up of primary grass, primarily grasses, and you know the trees are on the edges normally. Yeah, and yeah. But uh, like entrance and exit times, you know, you shouldn't be coming in after daylight. Right. You shouldn't be leaving before dark. That kind of stuff, or yeah, yeah, uh, that, that that's a simple one to make and, and, and to avoid conflict with anybody. You know, for me, like uh, some of the properties that I hunt that are smaller. Normally, if someone's hunting the bordering property, I drive by there first to see if their vehicles there, mm -hmm. and if I know that they're there, then I won't hunt that stand. Like, yeah, I won't hunt the edge stand because I know that the chances of me shooting a deer are pretty slim. Or they they my my chances drastically decrease. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and, and that's part of the etiquette there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, the calling. I mean, calling. I mean, not everybody calls the same way, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're buck bugling and using the rattle box for every fifteen minutes, every ten yeah. minutes. Let's or, get a clue a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just if you're not seeing deer, then quit doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think too, like um, stand position or blind position. Like you can be, you know, like we said, some properties are all grass, and the line is where you kind of yeah. have to hunt to hunt the grass. But I think you know, if it has to be on the line, if it's on the fence, how I would approach it is one, not face it into the neighbor's ground, hundred percent. 
I would basically make every effort I could to be like, look, it's the option I had. I, I'm sitting this way to kind of do. But sometimes it's you can't you can't really avoid it. You can't. You know, certain trees are. It's a tree you have to be in, and it sucks, and whatever. Location. I, I get it, but just don't go out of your way to make it obvious that you're shooting onto my property to kill deer. Dude, we the property I grew up hunting, there was a neighbor on the north end, a neighbor on the south end, and the neighbor on the north end had two, uh, well, they had ladder stands and then hang-ons on top of the ladder stands <laughs> facing in, like, and I'm not exaggerating, like, here's the stand... There's a property we can hunt. Here's the fence line, like where Cam's sitting at the end of the table. That's where they're shooting, and that's on our side. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then on the south end of the same piece, there's another guy hunting a uh, like a ravine. On you know they had their side of the ravine, but he's down the ravine up, and there was a corner where our corner kind of went around his corner. Yeah, and he's hunting in the corner. Facing in the inside corner on our piece, <laughs> and I'm like, what? last year I had an incident where uh, I went into my stand and the neighbor, the stand, the way the ditch runs, the the top of the hill is right along the fence line, so I had really no I no other way to put a stand to hunt the property on my side to hunt that bedding area, mm-hmm. and uh, so my stand's like. I don't know, 10 yards from the fence. And on the other side of the fence, there's a stand like five yards from the fence line. So it's like 15 yards from mine. <laughs> and it's it's pointed towards my property. And I went in to hunt a stand or that stand last year. And I climb up in the stand and all the branches are already trimmed. In your tree? In my tree. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, no joke. All the branches fresh snips so i got a hold of the the guy that that's letting people hunt on his place i was like uh i'm pretty sure your guy doesn't know the property line so this is where my stand is and he needs to stay on his side and i got new signs to put right on the fence right there but oh my god yeah that was that'll aggravate you oh i was aggravated because that was my best stand there yeah and you need your cover yeah that's hung for a reason i mean Mm. it was wide open so I, I, you know, I will say I do have one blind on a fence line, but it's the back of the blind is facing a field. Yeah, and it's the only way. And I actually never even sat it. Yeah, but you see that all over the Midwest now. Yeah, the, yeah. The the box blinds that are going up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, blinds a little different, I think, because one, your visibility is limited. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's okay. Like, don't put a blind face into the neighbors, but. Um, I feel like a tree stand's worse because of shot opportunity. Yes. I mean, you got a 300, well, mostly maybe 300 degree. A blind is clearly, it's like, I'm hunting here. I can't even shoot back there. Yep. A tree stand, you could be like, ah, what are your, your intentions of right into a gray zone? Yep, exactly. Here's what I do. If I got to hang a tree stand, if I have an option, I will hang 30, 40 yards facing into the ground I'm allowed to hunt rather than facing in if that's what you got to do. But like you said, it gets weird. Maybe the only tree you got is on the fence. You yeah, know, the, so. the spot where I shot this deer, it's basically I'm in a corner and I went 30 yards out from the corner. And mm. yeah, it's but if I go too far, there's it's a lot of work to be able to open up shooting lanes. Yeah, yeah, and, and it starts getting weird. So we went in and did a lot of clearing in this area so that we could draw the deer in 
to our side of the fence mm-hmm. so that uh, they wanted to spend more time yeah. up there. We put a little food plot in and everything, but it kind of overgrew this year. The the hedge just regrows really, hedge really is just quick. insane. And we sprayed it, but obviously we didn't have the mixture right because it, it came right back in full force. And You almost need one of them like excavator tools where oh, you can man. go in and just shred it I down. I just want a bobcat. I just want a bobcat and shred it all down. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I can't justify spending it one, using it one time a year. No, but man, if I had one of those, I think my whole property would be... be like a golf course. It would be a golf course. Yep. I'd be like, oh, this is fun. Yep. Next thing I know, I'd be like, oh, crap. I just... <laughs> there goes all my cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just ruined everything. But... Looks I, good. Ross has got a, a Bobcat skid steer with a... It's not one of them like shredders that shreds everything, but it, it technically is. It's like a souped up brush cutter, yep. but it's not like the shredder head that'll take down a full oak tree. Yeah. You know, he can... A couple inches Sna- in diameter. Saplings and stuff like that. Yeah, but it is impressive. And it also, like, you know, grass looks like a golf course. It's impressive, That's man. That's the way to go. I, I watched him mow and mow like... Um, uh, he's doing some property work for a guy. Oh, you know, like when CRP gets to the point where you can't even walk through it because it's got like, clumpy thorns and stuff in it. Like, clumpy. Yeah. And I watched him go through and kind of refresh the CRP and everything, and it was like butter <laughs> straight through it. It's like I need one of them. It's my next purchase, I guess. Oh man, <laughs> price my house. I know. Once you I know. put the head on it, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah, you just need to know a guy like Ross yeah, and then just do. pay him to rent it for a day because yeah, can I just drive it? Yeah, you almost need guys like us probably just need to hire guys like Ross because Ross isn't going to go out of hand with it like we would and ruin a whole property. No, we need but, to find like a rent a center that we can get them and the head that we need. <laughs> yeah, rent a center, just like a, <laughs> yeah, like a U haul. They got shredder heads on ex- mini excavators. I don't know. The, the, the neighbor property line debate is a that's a debate that'll never go away. Honey, it's, it's important to discuss, especially on in. In areas like what we have, close quarters, quarters, you know, I'd say the best way around it all is have a good relationship with your neighbors, if possible, if possible, they other neighbors and people don't always allow for good relationships, but man, it makes it easier if you can talk to your neighbors. Not only that, it's like, hey, man, any good bucks? Like, don't you don't have to send me if you want to send trail cam pictures, send them. But that way you're happy for them when they shoot that buck that you've got. That I tried to claim off trail cam pictures. Yeah, 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 right. Your buck. <laughs> My buck. Yeah, there's transparency there. And like, yeah, you got you to be happy for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just, you know, it, that way, if, if you got a good relationship with them, you get to enjoy it, too. You get to go see yeah. it. You know, maybe you'll get lucky and get to go take pictures of them with it. Yeah, and, definitely. And, oh, man, I you know, that brings up a good story. Um, I've never really had property that I've known the neighbor. Like... Um, you know, the property I grew up on, I knew I didn't even know the neighbor on the north. They're, they're just mysterious stands would pop up. <laughs> and then uh, the neighbor to the south, though, was just kind of a pain on our ass. Um, and then, uh, which he, he might think the same for us, but, you know, we weren't hunting the line. So figure that one out. But um, I met the guy who hunts neighboring to one of the pieces I hunt and really good guy. And he killed a good buck this year. And uh, I met up with him and talked about the buck and, you know, at, at his truck with it in the back and. So that was cool. Like yep. it was a neat thing, and I was like, "Oh, I actually, I think I have a couple pictures of this buck in velvet." So sent him the pictures, and then it's funny. Um, one of the deer I shot, he has a picture of the buck he shot and the buck I shot in the same truck oh, and photo. That's awesome. Like early, well, it'd have been just out of velvet. That's awesome. So it's that kind of neat thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. Like this one, you know, 
I got a uh, message from a, from Casey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. she had pictures of this deer as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that that's cool. If she ever wanted to see it, she'd come over and see it. Yeah, but it's also Casey, so it, yeah. You know, yep. <laughs> Casey's a good friend. All kidding, if nobody knows, but no, nah, man, I think that's fun convo. Quick little banger of a podcast. Yep. Congrats on a good season. Thank you, sir. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. No, I still got a week. By the time got... this launches, it's about over. Oh yeah. Well, podcast maybe land. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, podcast land's a different space. Yeah, it is. But I'm still. I went out and hung a stand today. Hopefully, because you're not shed hunting already. No, I've got a couple deer that have shed already, but. Uh, Okay, let's remind everybody before we close out, because you are the shed guy. When is the day you're going shed hunting? I, I educate like, people, keep them out of the shed woods until they need to go. First of all, I like to wait till season's over. Mm-hmm. I used to, I used to get in there and push around a lot, but now that I've gotten wiser with age, I mm-hmm. like to hunt all the way up to the end of season. So I don't, I won't start heading out till mid January. Mid January. Mid January, but. Man, right around Valentine's Day seems to be like one of the sweet spots. The money spot. Yeah. I've always kept that in mind since you said that on some of the shed podcasts we've done, but it's really me, once season's over, eight and you know, ATA will be over, season's over. I think I'm gonna start going. I got to go one day last year. Yeah, that's not enough. Well, we did so many shows. Yeah, that's not near enough. But I don't have any shows after ATA all the way to the end of February. Well, let me know if you need help. You can keep all the sheds. I'll just I just like to walk. Hmm. Might take you up on some yeah. of that. <laughs> Actually, you could, you could keep all the sheds. Might request your services. Actually, it would help cover some ground, but uh, I just need to go more. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's just getting out there and you get to go it, in spots you would normally never go in on your property. Yep. You know, and then you get to see all the the sign from, especially you know, owning new property or hunting new property. That's the best time to scout because all yeah. that old sign from the rut is still there. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just fun to just walk though too. It, it is gets your head right. It is. Do you listen to music or anything when you walk when you nope. show? I can't do it. Nope, I cannot. I, I can't have any distractions. It messes me up. It like you know when you're driving, you have to turn the radio down to see. Exactly, it's that it's, type of. It's like. If I'm listening to a podcast and something's going on in my right ear, I'm looking to the right. I'm not looking straight yeah. ahead of me. Yeah, I can't do it either. People do it all the time, though. I can't do it. And another thing I can't do is drink beer and shed hunt. Uh, I've never tried it. Well, I, I, I know guys I've that do. They drink... just keep them loaded. Really? I can't do it. I just, I carry water, binos, in a pack so I can carry all my sheds out. Confident. I like that. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck shed hunting. Good luck for the remainder of your season. Yep, actually, I've too. got one more buck on my hit list, and he's he's been hitting the food plot every night. So, Well, luck of the podcast and do that, and then we'll have you back in and talk about it, do a part two. Let's do it. Let's tag out. So this is part one pending part two. All right. I'll be back. <laughs> cool. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, everybody. Stay calculated. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We love you.